everyone. Welcome back to the Tar Heel Prescription, a student-run podcast here at the UNC School of Medicine. My name is Anu. And my name is Peter. The respiratory block is the first block to kick off spring semester of foundation phase and can feel like a bit of a whirlwind since students are just coming off of winter break. Today, we will be breaking down the recipes for success with the wonderful blog directors, Dr. Randell and Dr. McGuire. Thank you both so much for being here. If you would, please tell us a little more about yourself and what you do here at UNC. Well, I'm Jenny McGuire. I am um, a adult pulmonary critical care physician. I spend my clinical time in the medical ICU at UNC, um, both here on main campus and at our Hillsborough campus. And then my other hat is in um, medical education. Uh, it's one of the things that um, I love about UNC is my opportunities here. So I get to co-direct the block with Dr. Rendell here for the first years. And then I also get to um, do some in the individualization phase with students that rotate through the critical care elective and actually recently started running that selective, which is very enjoyable. And I'm Scott Randell. I'm a professor in the Department of Cell Biology and Physiology and in Medicine. I've been teaching medical students in one way or another here at UNC since 1997. I'm a basic and translational researcher with a career-long interest in lung diseases. Um, My specific interests are in epithelial cell biology, including lung stem cells, innate immunity, and cystic fibrosis but I love teaching the medical students in this block. It is a pleasure to have you both with us today and to hear about your individual expertises. It's really, really cool. Um, To dive right into our discussion today, um, the respiratory block is a pretty good follow-up to the cardiovascular block given how interrelated the two systems are. What are some of the key concepts from cardio that students should refresh themselves on as they enter the respiratory block? Well, thanks, Anu, and I'll take this one. Very simply, the layout of the cardiovascular system, flow in tubes, Starling's law and pulmonary edema, and differences between the systemic and pulmonary vasculature. Thinking about logistics for a moment, tell us more about the respiratory block itself. Uh, What should students expect to see in terms of structure and content? So the respiratory block really um, starts out with a lot of our basic sciences. Um, So it'll be pretty heavy in um, physiology. That's going to be the majority of that first week. In there as well, we'll have um, some anatomy, including um, the ENT, so ear, nose, and throat content, and then histology um, as well. Um, But really highlighted will be just kind of normal physiology so that we can um, roll into the next um, kind of abnormal, what can go wrong later, right? Um, So really getting that under your belt. Um, So we'll actually have an exam after that first week back um, over the physiology. We found that, you know, breaking that up a little bit for students is helpful. And then we roll into the next week, which is... uh, one of the my, one of my favorite times. It's we call it bugs and drugs, um, and it's um, led by some people that you probably know, Dr. Hobbs and Dr. Friedrichsi, um, with uh, microbiology and pharmacology, respectively. And we're going to talk about infections in the respiratory tract, um, both upper and um, focusing on the lower respiratory tracts and pneumonia. And we're going to have also clinical lectures, pathology with that as well. Um, and we're going to have um, uh, our first small group that week. And then the next two weeks um, are, sorry, we'll actually have an exam then after that for just for bugs and drugs. Okay. And then the next two weeks is really 
bringing into the um, the clinical aspects of um, of um, pulmonary. And so we'll have clinical lectures followed by um, pathology. So there's going to be um, quite a bit of pathology in the respiratory block. So be prepared to be looking at slides. Um, we have an excellent um, pathologist, Dr. Samolsky, which will be, um, she's a graduate from UNC. And so she um, will be um, leading those sessions. Um, and then also we'll um, have some pharmacology of course, interspersed in that, and then a lot of small groups where we're really just trying to incorporate all the um, all the data, so you can really um, come up with some good differentials when you're looking both at exam questions and then patients later on the wards. Well, thank you so much for that breakdown. You mentioned again the first week is is very physiology focused, and looking back, we remember that the physiology of the respiratory system was grounded in a substantial amount of physics, and that may be a little disconcerting to hear for people who thought their trials with physics ended with the MCAT. So, how should students approach learning this physiology to have the best chance at mastering it? Yeah, it's my uh, pleasure to answer that question because all you need to know will be in the physiology syllabi and PowerPoints. Simple as that. Simple and important. I mean, we, we use the syllabi and the PowerPoints for, for everything, especially the syllabi was very helpful in breaking down things. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, as well, I have extensive notes underneath each of the PowerPoint slides, which I think can be very helpful. I remember I looked I looked through those and especially for folks who might be a little bit more oriented to like kind of the words and being able to look at something explained in a lot of different ways. I, I remember that was really helpful to me. So thank you. Well, we know physiology is a big part of it, but thinking about content, what would you say are the high yield topics in this block, both for test taking purposes and on the wards? Well, I'll start out with this, um, and perhaps Dr. McGuire will uh, can contribute as well. But uh, what we're uh, looking for is concept knowledge, and this concept knowledge would be based on the course materials that we provide, and that content knowledge will be key for the USMLE exam one and the USMLE final because those are more conceptual type of questions usually. In drugs and bugs is all about facts and you'll have to put in your time uh, for drugs and bugs. Uh, it just takes that much to digest and remember all of those uh, facts that you'll be learning. Uh, all of those materials, whether it's the physiology concepts or the you know details about drugs and bugs, will suit you well as you see you know abnormal physiology and infectious diseases later on. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, um, understanding what normal looks like, so that when you're talking with a patient, understanding what's not normal, and um, really being able to step back and think about the differential for the patient's symptoms um, is going to help you on the wards. And we're hoping that with, especially with those last couple of weeks, those clinical weeks, we're going to be able to um, uh, help students with that. Because I, I joke that everyone says, you know, when we when we talk, everyone starts their, you know, lecture for the um, clinical content with, you know, the patient's coughing and feels short of breath. Well, <laughs> right, that's really general. And so, um, you know, trying to break down the finer points of how you're going to figure out what the patient has and what further testing needs to be done. If I remember correctly, towards the end of the block, we had a, a good amount of critical care uh, lectures talking about ventilation and talking about um, 
respiratory distress syndrome and stuff like that. And I thought that was very helpful, especially for the wards, although we didn't like have a lot of questions on it in terms of like USMLE. But I found that very helpful. Well, I haven't been on the wards yet, but I found it useful. So when I, when we're in the wards, is that the case for this time around as well? Yeah, I'll begin with that one uh, because even in that first week where we're mostly studying uh, normal physiology, we do introduce the concepts of hypoxemia and abnormal pH, and we do have clinical correlate lectures even in that first week so that you get a taste of what you're going to hear more about in the disease-specific lectures. Right, and we're going to have the same um, general content of the lectures, and so um, students will get to have a little bit of that critical care. That's what I do all day long, so I can't, <laughs> I can't keep it out of the block, but um, I really think it pairs well with, um, you know, respiratory complaints are um, what land people frequently in the ICU, and so it's, um, it's that kind of spectrum of disease. So when it comes to studying and these high-yield topics that we just talked about, many medical students tend to gravitate towards some third-party resources. How should they go about incorporating lectures and third-party resources in their learning for this block? Again, I'll, I'll kick this one off. Our uh, lecture materials, PowerPoints, syllabi, and the Weinberger text that's freely available have stood the test of time. I think that focusing on those... Not to say that the third-party materials will, can be useful for some folks, um, but that that we really do recommend focusing on the materials that we do provide. And just to kind of second that, the information that we give will definitely be um, sufficient for what we feel is good um, prep. Um, we know that there's good materials out there, um, third-party material. Um, what I see the downfall is doing too many things, not completely. Um, and that's where I see students get into troubles where they kind of do superficially, you know, try to do the 10 different things that um, all their you know, peers may be doing. Um, and so if there's something that you find particularly helpful, great. Just make sure you don't neglect kind of the things that Dr. Rendell mentioned, because I do think that that can be, if you don't get through all the lectures, if you don't get through looking at all the content we've presented, um, I worry about your um, kind of um, ability to get through the block. Yeah, and we do uh, very much. And it's an important part of our teaching job is to uh, match the instruction to the assessments. And so when we're selecting USMLE questions from retired questions, we try to make sure that we have presented the material that's needed to answer those questions. Well, as we mentioned earlier, the respiratory block falls right after winter break. And we all know how difficult it can be to get back into the swing of things after the holidays. How can students best prepare themselves for this block? And what should they do if they find themselves struggling or falling behind as the block starts? So um, my number one advice is, is take winter break. Okay, take it, have a great break, do the things hopefully that make you very happy, that re-energize you, recharge you, um, because you do kind of have to come, when you come back, you got to be back go in hard. Okay. So yes, take that time. I plan on taking some time. I'm very excited about it. Um, and just really, you know, focus and recharge on, on you, whatever makes, whatever makes that happen for you. Um, and so that you can get back in the swing of things because it does come back hard. We have four days of instruction, um, and then an exam. 
So as much as running, (laughs) yes, as much as we would prefer to have more time too. okay, we would, yeah, give us the whole semester, right? To teach you respiratory. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we have to pack it in. And I think we have great content and great lectures and great supporting materials. But you do, you cannot kind of come back halfway through the week and realize that you need to start to start. So, so take the time and really enjoy it and then come back. That's my, that's my best advice. So, and kind of a follow-up to that, in your experience, where do you think students struggle the most in the block in general? Um, Some students find the physiology challenging, while others just see squiggly blue and red lines in the histology and pathology slides. Factual information in drugs and bugs takes time to learn and remember. So I think thinking about where... um that has been a struggle for a particular student in the past. Like what is kind of easier, you know, is pathology easier? Is physiology easier? Do you love those facts and those charts? You know, um, I think just kind of knowing yourself, you you guys have gone through now um, a semester, the MS1s have gone through a semester of, um, of school. And so um, really, I think that it is just, it's a fast place block, just like your other blocks have been. But, um, and realizing if you if you do have some struggles that uh, Dr. Rendell and I are very available um, and there are other resources, of course, um, and just utilizing that quick sooner rather than later. On a fun note, what do you think is the coolest aspect of the respiratory system? I'm, I'm going to start uh, with this uh, being that uh, it's been a long ride for me so far and uh, the incredible structural beauty that meets our functional needs over an incredible range of demands. Your lungs can really do it. And um, in most normal people, your VO2 max is determined by your cardiac output and your normal lungs have more than enough uh, function to provide as much oxygen as your heart can possi- and muscles can possibly use. The other thing that's really amazing, and I think the pandemic has driven it home, and things like air pollution, they're burning coal in Poland now because they don't have oil and natural gas. And the air pollution is really terrible, but the innate and adaptive immunity that protects us from injury and infection. But even more important are the moments in our lives that take our breath away. And in a wonderful way. I love the cheese. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit cheesy. (laughs) How about you, Dr. McGuire? Yeah, I cannot be as elegant uh, as Dr. Rendell in describing um, uh, the respiratory system. I, you know, I always um, take a lot away from his lectures and listening. I think I learn something new about physiology every single year. So we've been doing this. I've been doing this with Dr. Rendell. He's been doing this longer since 2017. And every year I something else clicks for me in the um, in uh, the physiology. And so I actually like the physiology the best um, in the respiratory. I just think it's amazing. And I think that it's kind of this like exponential curve for me to keep learning um, very cool things. Um, and then all the beautiful pictures that Dr. Endell shows, I like want to like frame them and put them on my wall of all his like uh, micrographs. Well, and, and I, I one of my favorite hours of the entire block is our patient that comes and speaks. Yes, the and, patient presentation. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and she's amazing and has an amazing life story, and is uh, it's also my amazing 
a pleasure and privilege to work with Dr. McGuire. And I've always thought if I ever end up in an ICU somewhere or someone of my loved, loved ones ends up there, I would want her to be taking care of me. Oh, dynamic duo. Those are all the questions we have for you today. We would like to leave some room now for you to share any thoughts or insights that you might have about the blog, about medicine, about life, about anything really. That's very open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is your personal TED Talk. Go for it. <laughs> I think I would like to just reemphasize the point I said earlier is that this Dr. Rendell and I want to be really available for the students. We, lo we literally love doing this. Um, it's so fun. It re-energizes me. You know, I talked about getting some time off to recharge, but this block in January really um, uh, re-energizes me in the clinical sense, too. I, I just like um, uh, being able to talk to interested students and um, see something click for somebody. It's just, it's really fun. And so um, talk to us, you know, if, if you need something or you just want to talk about something, um, there's a lot of content we clearly can't go into clinically. I have people come up to me and want to learn more about something. I'd, I'd love to talk to you about something um, more in depth. That would be great. And Dr. Rendell has this like huge fund of knowledge. So um, you should probably go to him first. But um, I, I think that that's probably the parting thing. And, um, and the other instructors in the block too are very approachable. Please let us know if we can be helpful. But I think that's really what um, I'd like to part with. Yeah, well, well, thank you, Jenny. You're you're way too kind in your comments about uh, physiology and my teaching. Um, you know, as uh, a person who's the sort of lab rat, egghead, uh, don't uh, you know treat patients at the bedside to you know save lives and make people's lives better. Um, I feel like providing a firm foundation in this really important organ system. Uh, and preparing students like you and all of the 190 uh, plus students every year for the last uh, seven years, it'll be the eighth and final year of Tech One. Um, it's, it's been one of the most rewarding things that I do. Well, we really appreciate y'all giving us the instruction you do. I mean, teachers are amazing and they don't get as much appreciation as they so should. So, I mean, thank you both so much. And I think that is a great note to end on. So, Dr. Randell, Dr. McGuire, thank you so much for, for being here and sharing some of your time and wisdom with us today. To our listeners, that was Dr. Scott Randell and Dr. Jennifer McGuire and a quick snapshot into the respiratory block. My name is Anu. And my name is Peter. Be sure to follow the Tar Heel Prescription on Instagram to keep up with our speaker highlights and latest episodes. Thank you again for tuning in today and we will see you next time on the Tar Heel Prescription.